and welcome to the Bucket Lister Podcast. Join your host, Keith Crockford, along with special guests who have traveled the world, here to share stories of their adventures and plenty of inspo to add to your bucket list. Now, let's get into today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Bucket Lister Podcast. I am your host, Keith Crockford, and I am back today on my own with another episode. And last week, I did a podcast on things you should know um, before booking your trip to Kilimanjaro. And I've been asked uh, by a few people this week whether or not I would do another one of those, but this time talking about Everest Base Camp. So I thought, well, why not? Let's, um, let's do a things you should know about before trek into Everest Base Camp. So here we go. So I'm going to list like the top 10 things that I think people probably need to know before making their decision to um to to go to Everest Base Camp. So first things first, on Everest Base Camp, people often say where will you be staying? Um and for that you will be staying in tea houses. Now what is a tea house? Now I would say it's kind of a bit like um a hotel um but not quite as luxurious so a tea house generally has twin bedrooms um with a large room for dining and and sort of chilling out um and then some of them have toilets and and showers in them well they all have toilets in but some of them down ones further lower down will have will have showers in as well now depending on how you're doing your trip to Everest Base Camp. Obviously, if you're booking with a company like the Bucket List Company, we will then obviously book all of the um, the tea houses prior to us going to make sure we've got space. Um, tea houses are generally very cheap to stay in, um, especially if you are um, eating in there as well. So if you're having your food in there and you're paying for your food, then um, they are very cheap to stay in and to have a room they are very basic um but they are not camping um but you know on on higher up i have certainly had ice on the inside of the windows um and not on the outside so they are quite chilly so you definitely need to um to have a nice warm sleeping bag with you i would also take uh, a pillowcase because they do provide a pillow um but you don't know how often that's been cleaned so i would take a pillowcase to put the pillow in and they also provide blankets as well but again you know i'm not quite sure how often they have been washed so i would um you know i, I use it occasionally and put it over my sleeping bag but i certainly wouldn't just use the blanket on its own so there's a a, a quick tip for you there as well um Within the tea houses, like I just said about showers, um, so moving on, a lot of people ask, can you have a shower on on Everest Base Camp? And the answer to that is, yes, you can. Um, and depending on um, how high up the trail is how accessible they are. So further down the trail, quite often, some of the tea houses that we stay in in the first few nights will have a ensuite bathroom in the tea in the in in your room um and some of those will have a shower in further up um they will have separate showers and then you will have to pay for the showers and they cost kind of a couple of dollars for a shower um generally like namche where you're staying there for a couple of days um it's a good idea to grab a shower there and then in dingbushe as well where you'll be staying a couple of days so you haven't got to go the whole trail without a shower uh, and the reason they charge for them is because they are gas 
bottle showers. So um, it's just to make sure they've got to bring the gas bottles up and that's what they charge you for. But you could certainly have a shower. Now, another question I get asked quite a lot and a tip to give you about if you're thinking of booking EC, uh, EBC is when is the best time of the year to trek? Now, the best time to trek to Everest Base Camp is during... Um, and their high season is either between October and November and March and May. So you've kind of got the spring and the autumn seasons to go to base camp in. So recording this podcast at the beginning of October, we've had a group fly out yesterday and another group fly out today heading for our October um, EBC trips and Island Peak trips. Uh, when's the best time to go? Uh, October to November is quite crowded. Um, it is the peak season, but May is the time when the Everest ascents take place and actually there will be more action around base camp itself, though you'll see very little at base camp in terms of it being set up as a base camp in the autumn period. So if you did want to go and see the hustle and bustle of base camp, then certainly go in the spring. Um, but October to November is also a very busy time for the trail. Like I said, there are only two seasons and I would certainly stay away from um, outside of those seasons because of the rain and snow during the monsoon seasons, etc. So those are your options if you are wanting to be trekking to Everest Base Camp on when to go. Um, key things to take when you are... Um, when you are on the mountain, um, what do you need to bring with you? Obviously, you'll have your kit list, which will have all of your clothing, etc., and those sorts of things that you need to take. But there are some things that I would be stocking up with in Kathmandu if you can. Um, things in Kathmandu are far cheaper than they are once you get up to Namche and you start the trek itself. Um, so things you're going to need are things such as toilet paper, you're going to need that. That's not provided in the tea houses. So you're going to need to provide your own toilet paper. Um, but it gets very expensive once you start climbing up the Everest Base Camp Trek. So bring that with you. It's quite light. It's not going to take up any room in your bag. The other thing that I would take with you is um, throat lozenges. And again, these are much cheaper in uh, Kathmandu than they are once you actually get onto the mountain because when you actually remember to need them is generally when you're higher up and a lot of people when they're doing Everest Base Camp get what they call the Kumbu cough it is so dry and dusty uh, when you're on the Everest Base Camp trek I would certainly advise taking a buff with you um, just to wear over your mouth and nose all the yaks are coming past you they kick up quite a lot of dust um, and you definitely end up with a sore throat and and what they call the kombu cough by the time you come down. And one quick thing is really read the instructions on any medication that you are that you are buying. I remember a, a funny story a few years ago, um, and we had a couple on the way down. A couple of our clients had, had gone to the the pharmacy in Namche because they had really bad coughs, um, and they started taking this cough medicine that they got in Namche, and. It wasn't until they read the instructions because they started they started to feel a bit um, woozy that they realised there was actually morphine in the cough medicine itself. So please check what you are taking if you are buying anything while you're while you are on the mountain. Um, but kombu cough is definitely something that a lot of people get when they are on the trek itself. Snacks are also um, really expensive when you start 
on the trail. Um, it's best to probably buy them in Lukla when you land. Um, and that's because obviously with the luggage allowance for the plane, um, you don't want to be taking all of your snacks with you because you're probably going to be overweight if you start taking everything. But you don't want to be buying them on a daily basis because as you go up, things just get more and more expensive. And that's a prime example for water. And I would certainly suggest taking a water to go bottle with you uh, and taking a, a refillable uh, water bottle, filtered water bottle. Um, you could be paying a couple of dollars for water. Um, you know, in Lukla, might be a dollar to get water in Lukla. And by the time you get up to like Gorik Shep, you'll be paying kind of $4 for a litre of water. So bearing in mind, you're going to be wanting three, four litres of water a day if you are buying it. And obviously, we're trying to stop single-use plastic on the mountain as well. So again, another reason to take a filtered water bottle like a water-to-go bottle. Um, but, you know, I certainly wouldn't want to be buying it um, in in single-use plastic bottles. You can buy boiled water as well. Um, and quite a lot of people will take a Nalgene bottle with them um, and then buy boiled water from the tea house in the evenings. Um, and then they can use that uh, as a hot water bottle in their sleeping bag. And then the following day, um, you've got clean water to drink that's then cooled down. So um, those are my tips on water. Next thing then, one big thing for EBC is food, what we're going to eat on the mountain. Um, and when you're on an EBC trek, you are ordering from a menu. And this is one thing that a lot of people like about EBC uh, compared to other trips such as Killy and things like that is one of the biggest things with altitude is a lack of appetite. And when you're on trips such as Kilimanjaro, uh, Machu Picchu, those kind of those style of trips, you Obviously, they cook a meal for you and you get given the meal in the evening. But on Everest Base Camp, um, you're choosing off a menu in the tea houses for your breakfast, lunch and your dinner. Um, so if you haven't got much of an appetite, you can choose exactly what it is that, you know, you feel like eating. And they'll have everything, you know, breakfast, you know, eggs, pancakes, porridge, um, dinner. There's dal bat, there's curries, there's chips, there's eggs um there's stir fries there's noodles there's rice so there's there's lots of choices and again same thing in the evening um again look at who you're traveling with to everest base camp if you're on a bucket list company trip then we include all of the food within it um and the reason we do that is obviously because we're group travel um there is nothing worse than having to sit there and sort the bill out um, amongst 10, 12, 15 other trekkers every you know, three times a day when you're ordering. So we just find it easy to include all your food. You could choose off the menu and then the bill will just be settled and you haven't got to worry about it. If you are traveling on your own or you're traveling with a group where food isn't included, then I would say you need to be kind of budgeting around 20 to 25 dollars per day for food whilst you're on the whilst you're on the trek um so actually you know you're going to need to be carrying on a 12 day on a 12 day 13 day trip you're going to need to be carrying 350 400 dollars with you um in cash um just to pay for your food uh whilst you're whilst you're on the whilst you're on the trek itself um and that kind of moves me on to the next thing, which is money. 
Um, and that is make sure that when you are in Kathmandu that you take enough money with you, cash, for the trek. Now, there are ATMs along uh, along the trek. There, There is ATMs in Lukla. There's ATMs in Namche Bazaar. But they are very temperamental and they are often out of service. So the last thing you want to do is think, oh, I'll get more money out when I get there. And you're not able to do this. So make sure you do have enough cash um, to see you through the whole trek, whether you're doing a 13-day EBC or a Three Passes or a Gokyo or an IBC, uh, an IP island peak just make sure that you have um enough cash with you ready for ready for the the trip itself um phone signal people you know nepal is one of the countries where you cannot well you shouldn't use your um uk phone um i don't think there are any of the um I don't think there are any of the providers in the UK that allow you to use your phone uh, on their tariffs with that. You know, it is super highly priced. Like there are none of the, you know, I, I'm with, I use Vodafone and when I'm abroad, Tanzania, Peru, places like that, I can pay six pound a day um, and use my phone as if I'm in the UK. But when you're in Nepal, it's kind of like six pound for one megabyte of, of data download. So you certainly do not want to be using your, uk sim card um in in nepal so you can get yourself a sim card when you get to Kathmandu and put a nepalese sim card in the other one to look at is um, the digital sim sim card from aerolo which is an app that you put on your phone and you can just buy the credit and i've started using that now so i'm going to keep swapping sim cards out you just keep the app on your phone it's really really good um, and you can just pre-buy your credit um on it and phone signal um on the trail you kind of up to tengbushe um you you're still getting phone signal but after that it's kind of very limited with phone signal on the trail there is wi-fi in the tea houses um and that's generally so i'll generally do aerolo for my phone and then as soon as i get to lukla i'll then buy an everest link card um where you can then buy um you basically buy a a gigabyte package so either 10 gig 20 gig 30 gig um and all of the tea houses throughout the the everest base camp trail um are connected to what they call everest link so every time you go past a tea house or you stay in a tea house you can connect your phone on onto their internet system it's pretty good um you can kind of it, it's gen depend on how many people are in the tea house obviously but you can generally connect um for a wi-fi call um you know a whatsapp call you, you can upload photos there's gen you know it's generally quick enough for for that sort of thing um so my advice would be to use aerolo for your phone when you're in Kathmandu, but as soon as you get onto the trail um then buy yourself uh, an everest link card which you can buy from each of the tea houses and use it as you go up um that's generally the best way of doing it but you need to keep hold of the code um that you buy because sometimes it disappears from your phone and you have to put it back in again so make sure that you don't ditch the um the voucher you get um because that'll be a bit silly another question we get asked a lot about is about kalapatar now 
you can't really see Everest from Everest Base Camp because there are a couple of mountains in the way. You can kind of see a slither of it. But the best view you get of uh, Everest is actually from Kalapatar, which is um, the the mountain hill just behind um, Gorik Shep. Um, and we offer that to our customers the day after you have been to Everest Base Camp. So you'll trek to Everest Base Camp, you'll come back to Gorik Shep for the night and sleep there. Um, and then the following morning, if you wanted to, you can get up, walk up to Kalapatar, and then um, watch the sunrise uh, come up with Everest in the background. And it's really stunning and certainly well, well worth it. Um, but we do include that on our trips. So if you're looking for a trip to Everest Base Camp, then please just make sure um, that you have the option with whoever you're booking with um, to to do Kalapatar as well if you want to. Um, fine. Uh, another couple of things then. Um, there are some big suspension bridges on the Everest Base Camp Trek. Um, so you're going to need to get used to walking over those. And also there are quite a lot of times when there are traffic jams. So if you are, there are lots of yaks on the Everest Base Camp Trail. Um, and quite often you'll be queuing to wait to cross the suspension bridge because there are yaks already coming across it. And you certainly don't want to be crossing the suspension bridge Whilst yaks are whilst yaks are there, and the one thing I will say on the Everest Base Camp Trail is make sure um, that you are always staying non mountain side to the yaks. Um, there are quite a lot of drops into the valleys, so make sure if you are passing yaks, they are quite big animals, and you always just want to make sure you are staying kind of non riverside or non mountain side to them, so they're not going to knock you off by accident. But you will see lots of yaks on the trip. And we kind of took pictures from them um, every day. And had, you know, when we go out there, like yak of the day, hashtag um, competitions of, of taking the best pictures of the best yaks. So um, enjoy that. Finally, the one thing I will say about Everest Base Camp. Um, in fact, no, I've got two more things, two more points I just want to say about Everest Base Camp. Um, one of those is insurance. And you really need to check your insurance on Everest Base Camp. Uh, over the years, there's been lots and lots of problems with um, fraudulent claims on insurance policies with regards to helicopter evacuations. And a number of years ago, um, pre-COVID, um, lots of local guides were basically teaming up with the helicopter companies and basically saying that people needed to be helicoptered back down because they had altitude sickness. Um, and actually, it was just because they didn't want to walk back down from base camp. So insurance companies got rather funny about this because claims were just getting too high and the amount of claims that were being made. Um, so generally now, if you are needing to be evacuated out, I would potentially... Uh, or I would have access to a credit card to be able to pay um, for the helicopter if you need it in an emergency. Obviously, you'll be able to claim this back from the insurance when you get home. But it, you know, if you need a helicopter, it can take quite a lot of time to get authorization from the insurance company um, for the helicopter to take off. So sometimes it's easier just to pay the helicopter and then claim it afterwards. 
if you do need a helicopter evacuation from um, Everest Base Camp, you will fly back to Kathmandu. Um, and it is really important that when you are back in Kathmandu, that um, you go to the hospital and you get tested and the, the report is written up for the insurance company um, that you needed you know, you definitely needed to be evacuated out because of the, you know, because of how poorly you were at that point. Um, a helicopter evacuation will cost around four thousand um, dollars. So, you know, you certainly want to be making sure you can claim that back. So, if they say you need to go to hospital, if they st- say you need to stay in overnight, take any medical advice that's given and do what they say because you don't want the insurance company to be questioning anything when you get home because the last thing you'd want is not to have your insurance paid out so please do check um with your insurance policy that you are covered a for um to trek at those altitudes make sure that it goes up high enough a lot of bank policies and things like that might go up to 3,000 meters or 3,500, but they won't cover you for Everest Base Camp um, and above 5,000 meters. So make sure that you are covered to the altitude you are going to. Um, and that is obviously for, for any trip, um, but it's super important to make sure you have that cover in place. And at the same time, look at what your excess is as well on it, because if you do have to pay for a helicopter evacuation, you are still going to have to cover the excess anyway. So you want to make sure that that's not um, too big an excess on it. And finally, my last tip for you for Everest Base Camp on this episode of the Bucket List podcast is the one thing that people really, really underestimate with Everest Base Camp is what what they call over there is Nepali flat. And that is um, that on Everest Base Camp, whether you're going up to Base Camp or you're coming back down towards Lukla, is there are ups and there are downs. It's not like Kilimanjaro where you spend the first four days walking uphill and then you turn around and you come back downhill again. On Everest Base Camp, there are lots of ups and there are lots of downs on both ways. And it kind of it's one of the hardest things from an Everest base camp perspective is when you get to base camp, you kind of feel like the trip has finished. But actually, of course, it hasn't finished because you've still got another four days to come back down. And those four days, although you are dropping in altitude all the time, there are still some big climbs to come that you've kind of forgotten about whilst walking up. So they call it the poorly flat because Everest Base Camp Trek is a little bit of up and a little bit of down, and that stays all the way. So hopefully you have found this episode of the Bucket Lister podcast um, interesting. I've covered a few things that you need to know about Everest Base Camp before booking it and just answered a few of the questions that um, that we get asked as well. So um, hopefully, like I say, you found it interesting. Um, hopefully Everest Base Camp is on your bucket list or you've already got it booked for your bucket list. But if we can be of any assistance, then please don't hesitate to get in contact with us and we can tell you all about our EBC trips. And if you keep an eye on our socials over the next couple of weeks, I'm sure you'll see some amazing pictures from the guys who are out there at the minute. Well, that's it from me today. Thank you ever so much for listening. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Bucket Lister podcast. But until then, goodbye. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Bucket Lister podcast. Be sure to click follow to be alerted for next week's episode. 
For more travel inspiration, check us out at www.thebucketlistcompany.co.uk or follow us on socials. See you next time.